0: codes that that are AI to me, they're AI, so uh, I do have a heavy background in in, um, computer programming. I started as a young kid way before going to college or any of that. So for me, I see things as um, a being is defined by its DNA codes, in some cases by its chromosomes but it's defined. And so it, it's makeup, how it interacts. uh, If it's a plant, it's morphology and what it is. And I have been looking back at that because I wanted to get a better understanding of its creation, its purpose, but also um, Mm -hmm. what we would call homeostasis or normality of how those codes translate to nanomachines across RNA to protein or other molecules and how they function in a normal way versus abnormal on a distribution versus normal versus super conditions. And so, uh, I went back there. I wanted to understand that first. Because I think, in my opinion, based on the calculus, and I've looked at this calculus, it's called the permutation of sequences. It's just simple freshman calculus one. It's probably halfway through calculus one. The The probabilities of those codes, okay, they're not normal. It's not random. And we didn't have premortal soup forming human beings on this planet. And so for me, it was important one to understand what was on these Sumerian tablets way before the Bible, because I was raised a Christian. So I wanted to understand what is being said there and what is being claimed. And then I want to look at the probabilities of that. Okay. First off. Then on these tablets, it turns out there's discussions about healthcare and us and so that was way back there in history versus what we have now which is uh, a profession uh in the medical profession is a profession that is based on diagnosis and treatment based on research by scientists like dr mccarran myself that is created in a laboratory using cutting edge technology. Okay. That medical doctors don't create cures. They diagnose and treat. So I wanted to differentiate between what was there. And what was now, because now what we see is a lot of, a lot of pharmaceutical drugs that are derivatives are made based on science that doesn't appear clean that uh is basically being pushed now out into the populations of the planet to generate revenue and that revenue of course is fiat currency which in most cases is becoming worthless or on already so i wanted to understand chronological steps on how we got here how why things are the way they are how professions got nasty and i was warned i was warned before i went to graduate school because i was originally pre-med i was warned by dr alejandro de Casada. he's one of the founders of gatorade he told me scott the medical profession is getting nasty well i really didn't understand him at that time until I went into graduate school and I saw people that did not want to cure anyone of cancer in the research area. They wanted awards, they wanted papers, but if they cured somebody, then there was no business of doing research and no more grants. And I didn't really get it then. And then, (laughs) then I experienced my healthcare problems in my life that kind of led me to major distrust. By the time I got the SARS cov two, which hit me like a freight train. Um, I experienced it myself and, and it was very frustrating. Um, back in 2003, 2006. I had so many colds that I was eating antibiotics over and over and over again, and I started bleeding and there was no cure for that. And the diagnosis was, oh well, we don't really know what causes this. And that is when I began to lose faith myself in the medical profession relative to my own health because I was kind of observing it, it got worse. It never got better. The whole SARS-CoV thing for me was a fiasco, and um, well, I won't ramble too much further. But my colleagues, I, I have these cardiovascular colleagues in the one startup, and we, before the SARS-CoV thing occurred, we were already looking at problems in the medical profession with people having cardiovascular problems. Only forty percent of cardio uh, cardiologists are only 40% accurate in diagnosis. It's a human thing. It's subject matter expertise interpretation. There isn't a lot of AI. This is something Dr. Shin discovered, that AI doesn't have bad days. It doesn't have headaches. It doesn't get in uh, alcoholism and show up to work drunk. Doctors are humans too, but there were problems already there in the medical profession where people were dying. You had rack audits going on with Medicare and Medicaid, and there was already deficiencies. And then here comes SARS-CoV-2. And it just reveals at all in terms of the dysfunctionality inside of these uh, practices and hospitals and things like that. Now we've seen, you know, a huge amount of death. It should be apparent at this point. Um, if it's not, then, uh, well, maybe uh, maybe, maybe you should do some more research if it isn't apparent to you at this point that we've had a huge amount of death. But that's a consequence of problems in the medical profession. And um, just to get them from old school charts to IT in 2015 was a quantum leap. So I think there are a lot of upgrades that need to occur. I think there are serious problems in um, the regulatory groups that regulate these systems, healthcare systems. And, you know, a lot of work needs to be done there. But my own experience uh, on a personal level, it wasn't good. It has not been good.
1: So not um, a very not a very favorable look outlook on the medical profession and what how about you dr. Kevin? Um, where do you think you see us medically right now as a whole for society Oof. I, I,
2: that's a, a complex question because it depends on where you are on the planet and look if you're uh in some backwater in the equatorial regions of Africa, you're going to be grateful for any, anything that you can get, um, should you be suffering from dengue or, you know, and even sort of, um, congenital disorders, anything like that. Um, is there a problem in with Western what's colloquially termed science-based medicine? Uh, evidence based medicine um yes there there is and again that will differ depending on the country and um the issue we have at the moment is um America carries such uh clout i guess weight and its system is inherently um skewed towards uh profit making and the rush for I've got some feedback coming from somewhere, but um, the how did, you know? Why is that? Well, yeah, you know, I was talking about this on Sunday. There was a, there was a number of um, strategic decisions made primarily in the eighties, and they tried to take our academies and um, turn them into profit-making industries where the market will solve all and it became an issue of publish or perish and the problem with these institutes is that they are riddled with um, nepotistic networks rifting networks, if you want to call them that, that they will collude together to make sure that they maintain their position at the trough. And um, that unfortunately has um, serious repercussions for uh, the individual who's trying to um, access these systems. And that was just writ large during COVID, as we saw. um, When you've got a um unusual you know situation like we do have with or we did have um when you've got young doctors who are hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt they're just going to go with what is the institute's standard operating procedure and that standard operating procedure is in there to cover for liability that's, that's what you're dealing with. And if instructions come down from on high to do things X, Y, or Z, they'll do it. And your, your chances of being able to buck that system or find a a, a clinician who's independent enough to stand up and um, do what they're supposed to be doing, which is medicine. um so just good luck most people just aren't in that position most people nowadays are struggling week to week month to month and the uh you know, i would argue that they've deliberately made it this way and you know they've they got what they wanted over the last three to four years which is a mass rollout of a new a new platform and new technology based on biologics um i feel sorry for people who have been harmed lost uh, loved ones um, lost businesses jobs etc because they were they had to make the decision they wanted they had to stand by their principles so yeah i think that, i think there are serious issues um it covers the medical and um scientific biological medical science domains so
1: So do you guys think um, that um, in this current system that we're in, that there is not only a possibility but a probability that they're doing things maybe intentionally to make people sick in order to you know create the problem come with the solution you know if you create a problem and you come with the solution then you're going to be looking at a lot more higher profits and you know if it comes at people's health or expense then you know potentially that's not something that they care so much about about when it comes to increasing either their own profits or shareholders' profits? Uh, maybe we can start with you, Dr. Scott.
0: Absolutely. I, you know, originally when I was very young and I started on journey of learning science and whatnot, I was somewhat naive and thought that that was not the case. And, um, I tell you when I turned a corner in that shortly after that period of, um, 2003, 2006, when I mentioned I had all those GI problems from eating the antibiotics and then the methylprednisone, which basically stopped my pancreas and my liver. Um, that experience woke me up and i started doing as much research on trying to get my health back back then and i tell you one of the biggest things that has helped people like myself and other people is social media you know we didn't have this back in the day um and certainly not in in early times when all these things started, you know, the 1918 plague and all these things. So that is one thing that I'm grateful for, that people talk about their problems and share remedies. So the guy that woke me up the most is a guy named Dr. Tent. And um, Dr. Tent talked about the research that was done by uh, Dr Gallo, uh, Mary Sherman and Judy uh, Judith Baker. And I had no idea that they were in bed with Lee Harvey Oswald and making vaccines to go Castro. And then he talked about vaccines and the polio vaccine and the wave of breast cancer and the immunological diseases that he was seeing in his clinic. And I said to myself, because I, I stopped taking vaccines in 2004, I said to myself, you know, I started thinking about all these things, and I was posing questions to myself, and I decided I wasn't going to take any more vaccines, because I didn't see any value in it. I wasn't getting any flus, and um, what I saw there, it, it started to smell and I saw that my own physicians were pushing FDA drugs on me, FDA certified drugs that I didn't feel were cures. So I went on a journey and and it all started around 2006 when I kept hearing, there's no cure for this, there's no cure for that. I went on a journey to try to stop these respiratory and sinus infections. So for me, I get an ear infection, it'd run down my throat it get in my chest. I get a sinus infection, it'd run down my throat it get in my chest. And it really was that bad for me. So I started with simple things to improve my life, like washing my sinuses with 80 proof alcohol. And and I know it sounds unusual, but the majority, to be honest with you, the majority of the respiratory infections are bacterial and that's what the yellow phlegm is all about. And so I thought, and also I swim a lot. So um, I'm in a climate where I get to in, in, enjoy the water and all that. I also was putting a proof alcohol in my ears to stop these bacterial infections, which is the majority of what I thought I was having. And it helped quite a bit, but it wasn't foolproof. So the point was I wanted to get away from augmenting away from my moxicillin. that was tearing up my GI tract. And so doctor, when I saw things like Dr. Tent stuff, I was like, wait a minute, something's wrong here with the vaccines. I started discussing that with other people, family members, who were older than me that were getting sick every time they took vaccines. And, um, this kind of led up in time to what was going on right around 2019. So um, I think that social interaction uh, kind of built a foundation on on those things. Dr. Tent was one, but I just saw uh, I can go on and rattle on and on and on. I read a lot of papers. Just like Kevin, you have to stay current. But Dr. Berg is another person whom I was listening to about uh, biochemistry over diabetes and and things like that. And um, also, I noticed this passage in the Bible and Daniel 8 and 10 talking about, you know, fasting and uh, eating nothing but, but plants. And I changed my ways from the way I was before. To trying these technologies, which actually ended up changing my life. So um, I do now know that the Bible is something that has been censored. But it was derived, even though it was censored, it was derived from those tablets back there. And so uh, I didn't mention the tablets before. Also learning that on the tablets, they're talking about plants and cures. Wait a minute, I got doctors over here talking about FDA Uh, approved drugs and there's no cure and these are candy pacifiers they're pacifiers so those experiences and my own experience kind of led me in that direction of hey something is wrong here and then when i left verizon and i stepped into this uh premier heart emergency mcg group of cardiologists that are have an FDA 510K certified device, which is a quite expensive proposition. And I think in a minute, we should probably talk about the FDA and these processes, maybe ISO as well in Europe and, and all that, because they seem corrupt. I started to see things like, you know, pay to play and how, what the, what the challenge there's a wall it's a paywall to get in the hospitals and clinics with technology and there's a lot of money to get in there and so the pharmaceutical companies they've got deep pockets and they can have clinical trials and they can push trials and get their technology in these hospitals okay right wrong or indifferent but you come along with something innovative That's using AI or cure somebody. And you've got to come up with a huge amount of funds to go and go into these places, hospitals and clinics. And then you've got to deal with bankers. Well, this is when you start to see a rigged system where the bankers are financing all these people and they want all that to work. And they want the revenues from all that to be maintained. And then you start seeing CIOs of hospitals with imaging quotas to pay for the machines and other things. And, you know, then you see the situation with the drugs. And it's disturbing. I don't think it's the... Um, the Ethics and morals behind the Hippocratic Oath and what Hippocrates came up with in the beginning. It's changed from that. It's of nasty. Like Dr. DeCasada said, it's it's now um, business as usual for that environment. It seems to be and it's sickening. Yeah, it's profit based. Tom, um, what about you, Dr. Kevin? What's your thoughts
1: on that? Would you like me to repeat the question? Uh yeah, sure. <laughs> Uh, just wondering what's your thoughts on what uh, the current system that we're in and, you know, is there a high probability that, you know, these companies that are involved into the medical um, industry could potentially be doing things intentionally to make people sick in order to increase the profits for themselves and for their shareholders. And it doesn't, you know, specifically mean in the actual medical field. They could maybe own some kind of spray, company or they could own some kind of food company where they could be doing things putting things in foods you know like just overall you know the healthcare is there a high probability that they're doing things and maybe even in the vaccines or injections that you know may cause problems later on so that way that's they're going to increase their profitability because now you're going to be reliant on them to fix whatever problem that they have may have caused
2: Well, you're dealing with corporations and they have a duty to their shareholders and this is a constant that we have to live with. Um, What they would argue is, let's just remove medicine from the equation for a minute, is that you, you have free choice as to how you engage with these corporations. So you're the one that decides to buy potato chips and a coke instead of an apple and a bottle of water okay and with respect to medicine what you'll find is that it's not just there are nuances involved and you know you can i'll give you an example from just my field right so By using deep brain stimulation, right, you're essentially, as the patient, you've signed off on the, the, there are no other treatments available or working for you. Now, in the case of neurodegenerative type states, um, usually you'll go through a course of drugs etc to try to modulate your neural state but eventually the side effects become overwhelming they're unable to impact the underlying um, symptoms as they express so in the case of Parkinson's you just can't move you can't swallow etc etc and in this instance you have a choice you know especially if you you can't swallow you're not going to be around for very long if you can't move um, the degenerative processes are going to um, accelerate Um, most people that i saw in the clinic um, were pleased generally with the results of the intervention the result the Change from Parkinsonian to a therapeutic state is literally at the flick of a button with respect to deep brain stimulation. Um, these people are very grateful. the family is very grateful um, and the question should be, well, you know it's the electronics are not expensive. What's expensive is the surgeon's time the It's not just a surgeon there's a team that has to be around the surgeon there has to be a team around the surgical team that makes sure everything the buildings run etc and this this starts running up costs and you know i i would never i try not to be judgmental of people's medical choices i've seen i've been in situations where i've seen intractable disorders and these aren't things like you know Scott's talking about, um, you know, overexposure to antibiotics, etc., is just going to lead to um, biome disorders and dysbiosis, and that can be a miserable and persistent state. Um, There are elements to, or or there are degrees of pathophysiology where sometimes you have to make an intervention. For example, a good one is... um, this was that someone put it in my discord the other day, which is that there's a new treatment for stroke um, occlusion type stroke, not bleed. But literally, literally, if you develop a clot based stroke, they now have the capability to literally run a wire up into your cerebrovasculature and hook out the clot. And people are walking out of hospitals a day, two days later. now, I want that type of um, innovation to be available to people, and I want the you know the area where I was concerned where, where kids have intractable Tourettes etc, and it can it persists into late teenage and adult years, and the drugs don't work. Um I want to be able to say yeah we've got a uh, practical benchmark with preclinical studies etc and multiple centers starting and using the same approaches and we can say that we're going to we're going to give you a 60-70% reduction in tics and neuropsychiatric sequelae. Um these to me are good things. Now, the issue around um, drugs, again, is how do you, how do you innovate such that you, you know, it's, it would be great to be relying on someone like Scott, who's going to sit there and, you know, try to figure out his own problems and come up with um, garlic vape, right? Brilliant idea. And um, I would, encourage you know find your own way as it were but there are some there are some issues where the the problems are complex right you do and you, i don't want to say you've got to defer to experts per se all the time but there are like if you get uh melded with the chassis of your car because you've hit a lamppost at 80 miles an hour um <laughs> You know, there are certain people that you want to go and see, and certain people that you don't. Okay, and the timing of when you see those people is critical as well. Right? You just you need an ambulance to show up. You need them. That you need a fire. You know, fire and rescue to peel you off the pavement and dashboard, and all all these all these factors need to be taken into account. So I don't want to be hypercritical of. Um, I know too many people who were trying to do the the best thing. Is there a problem in this, within the institutions, as I said earlier, where, and I I know from personal experience that, you know, once you're at this stage where you've got a lab and you're responsible for a program of research, patents is a big thing, right? Because the institute that's paying your salary wants you to get patents because they own the patents. And you'll get a small stipend from any uh, patent that they have a hold of. Um, th- these are, th- I think, these are problems that can be addressed. Now, the bigger problem that we have right now, I would argue, is that we've we're taking medicine away from those who, and I would argue very strongly that as much as there's science involved in medicine you've got to learn all that anatomy and biochemistry and genetics and it's a constantly moving target as developments occur it's very much an art as well and we, we would do well to remember that as we're allowing these corporations to come in and subsume the medical industries and turn it into as essentially a sausage making machine and no one no one likes being on the end of a um, dysfunctional bureaucracy and that's kind of what we're barreling towards right now um, with respect to SARS you know again that you, you took what was systemic problems and then just amplified them um to the max and that's that's where people got the shock because they ran smack into this into these bureaucracies
1: speaking of the bureaucracies i'd like to know your guys's thoughts on you know organizations like the fda the cdc even the who how they're playing a part in the global health of people But it seems like they don't have the people's best interest at heart. It's more they're protecting, again, the corporations or the shareholders above, you know, the people that they say that they're supposed to be representing. And maybe we can start with you, Dr. Scott.
0: Sure. So um, just a couple of comments. Before we go down that way a, a good friend of mine his name is dr jimmy leffler and he's a neuroradiologist and um he does exactly what kevin said he's all day coming up through the cath lab with a catheter up people's legs putting caps in their brains, stopping the bleeding pulling clots out with hooks and i talked to him and um he he's a good guy There are plenty of good professionals in the medical They're not all bad. It's it's more of the FDA and these other systems that put pressure on them and make them operate in a box. That's part of the problem. But Jimmy, I talked to, and he was like, man, I've had so many people on the operating table working on them, and they just die right there. It never happened before. And older people, he told me okay so the doctors know when they see something is wrong because they know the frequency of deaths that they experience in their hands and you know the good ones are trying to do the right thing the other ones are just passing time for the paycheck so um my feeling is that we've gotten ourselves in a position where we've allowed bankers and companies to put pressure on science research in the medical profession they've they've set up a bunch of regulations and laws and and all of these things to operate inside of a box okay you you've got doctors who are scared to to prescribe certain medications or do certain work because they're going to be and in the United States. Okay. Again, this isn't a problem in Africa. That's a different problem there. And these other uh, poor countries like Pakistan, Yemen, yeah, I all of these other things are different, but they are operating in a box and um, they're, they're nervous on what they're doing. They're, they're afraid to do certain things or they're, in the united states they can't even certain medicine you can't even discuss with a patient so that's a problem and then you you look at the problems in africa and um these third world countries and none of those drugs and the medication the technology is not available to them but you also have to ask yourself because you see Groups, and I should be careful here not to get you in trouble, but they're groups. They're foundations, let's say, without naming anybody. They're out there doing things with an agenda that is an agenda to make money. And in my opinion, they are using human beings like we used to use mice in the laboratory now, and they're testing things on them. And they may not be, uh, the agenda that they may have may be population control, uh, resource control. It may not be uh, a humanitarian thing, and and that's sickening in my opinion. So um, the, the one system thing that, that makes me nervous is when I see bankers and Black Rocks and they own all the companies and they're forcing their way in, whether it's a drug or a machine, because there's a lot of defective FTA 510K devices. They're just antiquated. And in the case of the, the hard stuff, EKGs 200 years old technology. It's not even interface of computer, really. Um, it's raw power. So we introduce machine learning and AI. It's modern technology to make improvements to see things that the old instruments don't see and to be uh, to catch diseases early, like C myocarditis with, with coronaviruses that you can't see with an EKG. That is the spirit of trying to help somebody and do it honestly. And then you know, when you get money, You start putting money and dollars in the picture, you get payoffs and you get people doing unethical things like not being honest about their results, not publishing peer review data, not being transparent. And so I don't know how it is in, in research science or in medicine which is all self-evident, especially when it's bogus fraud, okay, it's going to be self-evident. It's going to catch up with you. I don't know how it is you go and you 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 push these things off and not expect sometimes, you know, maybe some of these drugs you get away with, but not in a modern world, not where people are communicating like we are, not where people are talking about their experiences and sharing their medical records and, you know, Uh, my doctor said this, uh, my doctor said that, well, it gets out. And, um, you know, that is, it's actually a blessing that we have this capability today. We didn't have in the past where they probably had an unfair advantage to push these things on us because we weren't talking at this level. Now we are. So it's dangerous. It's unethical. It's immoral. It's not what scientists like myself or Kevin, it's not the reason that we went into the field. We went in the field because we love science and wanted to help people. And it doesn't matter whether in Africa or not. Okay. It it, it isn't about that. (laughs) And that's, that's what it became. And that's what this system has become. And now it's, because everything is tied to these fiat currencies it's the only way to survive is to make money and that that's not that's not what scientific oaths or hippocratic that's not what it's about at all and uh and so it's been prostituted in my opinion but anyway that's i'll let i'll shut up now uh, the same
1: question for you, Dr. Kevin, CDC, FDA, even the WHO, can they be trusted? Are they working for the best interest of the people like they're trying to convince people they are?
2: Well, I think um, the answer to that is very obviously no. Um, in fact, I would say what we're seeing is that these organizations, public-private partnerships, have become hostile to uh, the majority of uh, mankind. Um, they're there as a old boys network. Um, again, they fill their ranks with from these nepotistic networks that come through the universities, and I don't think that they're fit for purpose in any way. And right now, again, I would uh, encourage people to see these organisations uh, for what what they are. They're tools, and essentially, they're being, they're tools of oppression it would seem um, I would I, I argue very strongly on my sort of daily streams that what you're watching is the instantiation of uh, 21st century Bolshevism and they've learned that class warfare is not uh, is not a good way to try to grab the levers of power they've cottoned on to the fact that what does everyone need rich or poor um, particularly in western countries this is where a lot of this is all focused is everyone needs access to medical at some point in their life and with that they're able to fill out the infrastructure with respect to the digital tyranny i guess that's coming in you know the what you're going to see uh in the future is um in in many cases um AI is going to be, I don't want to say it's going to be better than a doctor, but with AI, one doctor is going to be able to handle the treatment of exponentially more patients per um, time invested. And that's that's the model that they're working towards. And again, that's going to be a sort of... Uh, I won't say like pay to play, but you're going to, you're going to have to um, comply with those systems and it will permeate every aspect of your lives. You want to go and get a job. Most, most places are going to have to comply with corporate diktat. And you, you going in there and saying, well, I've got a great homeopath and chiropractor, I'm in fine health. Um, That isn't going to fly in the future. All right, all right, that's what I see coming, and until we dismantle these corporate entities, um, I I see a very very grim future in front of us. <laughs>
1: We just recently interviewed Tommy Chong from Cheech and Chong's it was a fascinating That's interview. interview. Um, he was uh, so high on AI, AI is gonna solve the systems, AI is gonna help us, he's really big on the AI technology. Now, my question is, do you think that these AI systems, they're learning programming, you know, it takes into consideration everything, what's best for the interest of the patient, you know, then that would meaning excluding pharmaceuticals if necessary hey maybe you need a little more exercise get off your fat ass at this ai thing or maybe you need you know better maybe you need more um herbs and vegetables you know these are the specific types of medicines if you're eating you know certain herbs and certain or do you think the ai systems that they're putting into place has the pharmaceuticals at the forefront and maybe won't even include you know having some of these alternative um you know or more natural types of you know processes that's been we've been using for hundreds if not thousands of years you know do you think that that would be included into their algorithms to spit out what would be actual best for the person opposed to what would be best for the industry over that person maybe we'll start with you dr scott
0: well this is an area that I, I know well, because uh, there have been several articles about Watson and IBM and what a failure and a mess that was. And that's a huge AI initiative. So in my own experience, and I've spent a lot of time coding in 35 plus languages, all kind of AI surveillance. And now I'm, you know, in with these cardiologists and AI and machine learned AI. I think it's it's we're gonna see a distribution of things. We're gonna see failures. We have seen failures, right? And we one of the biggest one of the biggest things that we've seen is rejection from doctors who feel like their profession is going to be taken over by machine and they're no longer going to be needed. So, I mentioned subject matter experts, cardiology, they're 40% accurate in whether that's in the United States or China. Okay. 40% is a bad number. It's a really bad number. It's an F. So, um, we need AI because it comes to work without a headache, not on drugs, it doesn't have PMS. You know, doesn't have bad days, but on the other side, we need to be concerned with things like how fail safe is the system? <laughs> is it going to be hacked by North Koreans? Uh, you know, uh, script kiddies are they going to break in? What is the what's kind of the value? And I think we we've seen a lot of we've seen a lot in in the United States at least we've seen a lot of rejection based on some of those emotional things. And that's not science. Science is not emotional. It's it's quantitative and qualitative. It's analytical. It's not, you know, tied to those things. It, it, science doesn't care. Well, it's not supposed to care about budgets and fiat currency and all those things. It's supposed to be meticulous and, and verifiable and reproducible and accurate and absolute relative errors scientific terms so we've seen mistakes in those areas i will say that where kevin is in japan um they they've taken to some of the ai cardiovascular stuff and they're harder to even diagnose the japanese are smaller and their cardiovascular system is the hardest thing to diagnose it's harder than any of the other races because smaller framework and the instruments aren't as accurate on the japanese and their population so i think that the value is that you take out the emotion the human part and and if you can do that successfully okay with machine learning all right and and then you can contribute back to people And if you can do it at a high volume, then you can go into these countries where they can't afford, like in the United States, what happens is, based on how things were before, you went in an ER, you presented with certain symptoms, and then if you presented with those symptoms, the next thing you know, you're in the cath lab with a $98,000 bill. Well, that doesn't work in Africa or or any of these third world countries. So you want to be able to take your best AI technology into the field. And the other problem we have in the United States is EMTs and uh, people that show up in the ambulances and all of that. They don't have enough tools. So being able to go and do this, you want to be able to ultimately be able to send somebody in the field to these third world countries and help people that can't afford the technologies to be screened up front. And okay, mm. this is just, you know, one of the other symptoms that somebody would present within the ER, like gastritis or some other thing that's not a MACE condition where they need to go further on. Same thing in our system and you know when you use machine learning it's the powerful tool so people have gone they've gone like what dr Shen did was he went in a lot of these countries and gathered data that way because there were people there that were willing to be tested and he refined his model he refined actually jen kwan feng was the aerospace phd medical doctor that came with the original model then came to computer languages and they improved on that model based on patient data and not programming data which i think is important for the machine learning and then came with the device and the ai because in other places we saw watson which has been a failure but i can name another one where there's been failures we've seen people that are in the graphics and computer graphics and they have tried to use the graphics algorithms that they've traditionally used either in video gaming or graphics image conversions and file conversion file format conversion they tried to apply that to things like mris and ct scans and whatnot and did not use the physics foundations and they failed miserably to improve the imaging technologies and so like today you don't have ai for mri you don't have ai for ct scan that's all subject matter expert so we have a long way to go and then i'll finish this up because i recently i i believe in the proper use of the technologies so of course five months ago i was looking at chat gpt i was having conversations with chat GTP on the command line interface about the protein database, it knew all the crystal structures of everything that was in PDB up to December, 2021. And I thought, wow, this is pretty cool because the old school way that we used to do it was we used to have maybe one protein up on insight two uh our insight which is on silicon graphics platform we had the pdb structure loaded in and we're looking at that thing with with glasses and knobs and we're rotating and translating and looking at three dimensional structure and we're making human decisions about that but now i was having a conversation with Chad tpt about it and then just two weeks ago when i asked about the pdb database and the crystal structures it acted like it didn't know anything. And I screenshot this because I had a feeling this was gonna happen. And so that is where both the graphics algorithms and the others is a problem where you run into people writing computer programs with agendas that are their management's agendas. Because ChatGPT 3.5 was supposed to be frozen. And then today I see on CNBC, oh, Chat GPT is now having visual conversations with people and, and uh documents are being shared and whatnot. I'm like I'm thinking in my head, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. There's too much shiny metal object here in Wall Street and money making angles because I just had a conversation with that thing five months ago. We were talking crystal structures and and calculations about solubility, about protein architectures. And that thing had its memory pulled like how 9000 in in 2001 Space Odyssey when it started singing Daisy. And I, you know, this this is all a consequence of kind of like where we've evolved to. But this same area where we've we've had lots of conversations of open source we now now we're talking about money again where we need to have ethics and transparency we've seen comments from elon musk and other people about you know fears and worry about ai giving ai too much capability and responsibility. And we end up with, you know, Terminator, Sky Network, Skynet, which is possible and plausible. We're heading from, again, where we started, Garden Eden, Singularity event, clones, to 2045, a human convergence, With our human-made technology called the singularity, which is going to involve a lot of AI, so uh, these are stepping stones towards that, and um, we're looking at going from, you know, we've, we've already gone. Part of the stepping stone involves a lot of technology, where we've gone from nanometer sizes down to three nanometer wafers, and 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 getting smaller. To the point we're going to be, what we're really heading towards is the sixth paradigm, which is kind of the neural technology in our own brains. And, and we're trying to mimic that and trying to expand upon it with silicon-based semiconductor technology and converging in on human, on, you know, what was created into something different. And what is that? What does that become? Do we, you know, all here? Do we disappear? There's no more missing link. There's no more social media. It's all machines. Talking. How strange would? How strange, how strange could that be?
1: So. same question for you dr. Kevin um, this you know obviously dr. Scott here saying that's you know the AI systems are corruptible he's experienced in some corruption are will the AI systems medically um, that they're gonna put forth um, do you think they're gonna take into the whole consideration of what that person is their sleeping habits their eating habits and then you know pro, uh, um, you know show them uh, uh a method that can get to their better health um you know whether it's eating more herbs and all this or do you think that you know or better foods or do you think that that will be bypassed right out of it because they're looking for um people to be more inorganic as opposed to organic and they're going to want to merge them with these chemicals with these technologies so that way the actual organic human is going to be cut right out if we you know put our full force trust into these ai m- learning machines which are supposed to be for our, our betterment but you know it may not be if it's you know programmed the wrong way uh well you know
2: someone was just saying in my chat, um garbage in garbage out um that's an axiom you should always keep in mind with uh these types of technologies um they they are tools um you know sort of listening to this conversation about um ai directed um health i am I'm, I'm sort of sitting here and thinking i couldn't think of anything worse than a uh digital schoolmistress type looking over everything that i do and deciding whether it's uh, good for my health or not um this is a again you're running into very um contentious ethical um, domains and you know there's if someone wants to eat themselves to death um, you know then I'm kind of in the camp of well you know you should they should be free to do what they want to do my and my concern is that we're stepping into a a domain where this, this isn't going to be possible. Everything is going to be measured down to the minutest detail. And essentially, you're going to have, um, again, agenda sculpted algorithms dictating to you what it is you can and can't do. That to me sounds like a literal living hell. And, you know, they may argue it's for the common good that uh, we're going to see uh, more healthy human beings but at at what cost with respect to uh, individuality and uh, um, the human the human trait of um, doing what you want to do when you want to do it. Um, I would I would implore people to just be very very um, circumspect of this technology and the because the consequences of it grabbing a control of your life are very very close right now and they they will and again what they've done is they've broken everything down into reducto ad absurdum type thinking and trying to commodify that for corporate gain and i i, I don't want i don't want to contribute to that type of um, framework, and I g- I can give you a concrete example of what I was doing prior to this, where, you know, I, as a up-and-coming researcher, we uh, we, had a, we had a technology that was based, on, you know, it was 20 years of work, you know, going from you know, 20 years ago when, you know, off VHS, trying to quantify Behavioral changes, moment to moment behavioral changes, and essentially doing it with a bunch of stopwatches. Is the is the monkey doing this now? Is it doing this? And sort of aggregating that data out to, yeah, it was starting to get very sophisticated, and we were using AI. And what was, what you learn in the research and medical environments is that you always front load your grants with, well, we're going to fix x y or z and in my area where deep brain stimulation had been so successful with parkinson's and tremor and um, giving people another five years of quality of life that they wouldn't have had that we were moving it to areas to modulate emotional state is just a few millimeters on the stereotaxic frame and well you you can do that but how do you how do you know if you're really doing anything um objectively different to uh, the pre implantation state and so what i was doing was real time analysis of behavior coupled with directed stimulation to the brain. Um, In retrospect, I regret everything, every step that I took along that path for what the implications that it has for um, the future that we're walking into. I won't publish any of that data now. I'm horrified at the fact that I thought that 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 could be a um, feasible mechanism for... um, trying to get in and um, modulate the, the the very basis of what makes us um, humans. And, you know, of course, that comes with a caveat that, you know, it's someone who's hurting themselves with obsessive-compulsive type behaviors and nothing else works, um, this is, it's a better approach than going in and lobotomizing them. Um, the... Yeah. My ethical objections are minuscule. We're blowing past that. And the corporate world is going to dictate, not just corporate, public-private partnerships are going to dictate where that goes. And they see you as a commodifiable unit to be moved around these systems and you know, you can talk about psychological nudging, etc. But um, they they want all manner of devices. Do I think you need to be um, putting a probe directly in the brain of most humans? No. You can just look around now and see how um, you can control behavior and um, people's ideology just through screens and the information that they look at. And, yeah, we're in a very very strange time
1: do you think that uh, things would be different if you know things were back inverted because it seems like we're inverted the wrong way if we reverted things and that these systems these corporations actually had humanity at best interest mother earth you know protecting the environment and all of these things they can't do that
2: that's that you you will never it's against the premise of what a corporation is. You would have to go back through hundreds of years of um, legalese and the instantiation of things like um, admiralty law and uh, the corporate law, and you're you're technically salvage until you stay otherwise, and they will treat you as such, and they they will use every trick in the book to convince you to comp- not to agree to contract contract with them. And from psychological warfare to legal warfare to monetary warfare, everything's on the table for these groups. Um, I, don't, I don't think that you've got a time machine.
1: So it's actually convincing people to go against their best interest and their people are actively agreeing to things, you know, because of these corporate structures and the indoctrination and all the systems put in place with the wording language contracts that as humanity is actually agreeing to things that are against their best interest because really they don't really have any other choice because there's too much programming systems and put into place is that kind of what you're saying yeah you, you
2: ha, ha, try to convince people how statutes and acts work and how that at their basis their contracts now those contracts you you can you can try not to comply and try not to um come under or stand under the contract but We've got to a point where they will use, um, they've made the law such that they can use force when they deem necessary. And we're seeing that emerge right now where we, you've just had the UK uh, online safety bill come into um, effect. Again, it's a bill, it's a statute, it's an act, but they've, they've essentially said, and there's been no... Um, meaningful pushback and and it's very that the the law the the corporate legal system is, isn't going to help you in this instance when you when you when you're going to county court etc this is you you're stepping into a corporate framework and they they will um they will crush you. And most people just don't have the time to read into the history, read into what this means and, and where it goes. And, you know, you can say, well, I'm not going to do that. But you've been under surveillance for decades. No one's done anything. And all that information is getting aggregated. And now it's it's just they're just making it more obvious. You're, you're seeing a power play where they're scruffing you by the back of your neck and they're, they're rubbing your face in their
1: power. Thoughts on this, Dr. Kevin.
0: I think I would Scott. Say, yeah, I, I would say, I, mean, I, know, I know I can get a chuckle out of Kevin, but welcome machine. <laughs> Welcome to the machine. I, I His intro, I'm a big Pink Floyd fan. We got ourselves in this position. And I think um, the easiest example is Pavlov's dog. You know, you, you put the dog in a box and you ring a bell and then you feed it. And it starts salivating every time you ring the bell then green the bell and you don't feed it or the other one that I love, which is you have a cage full of rats and you're feeding them and they're all happy. And the second you take away the food, they all eat each other and end up with one big fat rat. We lost our way and um, earlier I was watching, you know, Peter Duke and George Webb interviewing Dr. Shiva and I know you interviewed Dr. Shiva too. I see that we have lost balance in the charter of the systems. So, um, if you look back in the original time, you know, you, you have, uh, the founding fathers and the constitution and what they're, what they put on the paper and what the concept was and how far we've drifted from it or any of these other countries all going back to religions and going back to the tablets again, we lost balance. And so um, one way of, uh, of quantitating that is you have the 99% owning 1%. You've got the 1% owning 99. That's not balanced. That's not balanced in any quantitative way. How can you evolve? together as as a as a globe a country a society a civilization how can you evolve and so part of me looking at as a christian i was raised as a christian now i know that's been censored a lot but looking at scripture or looking at the tablets is listening to the engineers or the words of the engineers that wrote the code and gave us a little tip on an advice. And I notice that when I look at those things, they don't say anything about fiat currency. They don't say anything about... But that's
2: not true. They're very specific about uh, usury and what, what you should and shouldn't do. And there's, there's, it's okay to have a medium of exchange. It's about uh, the charging of interest, compound interest. Um, that's that's where a lot of the driving oh, yeah. energy comes from Killing for with. corporations, and the fact that they you have things like fractional reserve lending. Um, I don't know how you wind that back. You wait for the system to implode, but then when systems implode, you can have rats eating each other.
0: <laughs> yep, and so. we have that now. <laughs> I think they. So another part of that is genesis six and the fallen when they introduced former and currency and all those things but before that so i think the mistake that we made was and i see this as a parent i know you're a parent too kevin with children and the idea of grandchildren and whatnot and looking and thinking of what am i going to leave behind for those generations i think that our charter was not to go down this path of regulatory and statutes and laws and all of this stuff that wasn't our original charter original charter was to work with each other for the benefit of civilization and humankind not this game that it's like a cross between monopoly and king of the mountain not that stuff so you know the the thing that i see now is not just us government the other governments is you've got presidents and um parliaments or congressional groups making decisions and these are politicians that don't have a background in science they don't have a background in science they don't have a background. They've not done the work. They can't come to the table and present in any logical way or have a collective discussion about the ramifications of what is going to happen in the future. Instead, you see people that, that often take bribes, And they have, uh, and this is all coming out now, whether it's in the United States or elsewhere, they've got interests that are not ethical. Their interest is, you know, how much money can I put in my bank account? Um, You know, and that's where things got out of balance. And um, so for me, in my situation, just with the Allison B product, first thing I did was, I talked to the FDA and ATF and and I talked to some research groups at, at University of Nebraska Omaha Medical Center. And I asked them questions like, you know, what red tape based questions. Because I wanted to understand what the hurdles were. You know, how much is it going to cost to do research on animals and clinical trial? How What red tape? I wanted to see where the statutes were i wanted to see where the obstacles were because i wanted to find a path around that and i don't i see a path with a processed food product or a food product or homeopathic related thing that you've hacked into the dna codes but they've got roadblocks everywhere and so we're very much trapped in it now um as far as collapses go i'm obviously uh, a student of economics and all of those things and i don't i don't see these things working out i mean in terms of the u.s dollar it's a petrodollar it's not worth what it once was obviously we've got technical charts and all kind of things that we look at money volumes printing of money and Um, The dollar doesn't buy what it used to buy buy at one time, and now you've got the BRICS, and you've got countries that have decided that they want to trade oil outside of the dollar. They want to go back their currency, and they are upset because they've been bullied for a long period of time, especially the continent of Africa where they have a lot of resources, that have been taken from them and they now realize well we could trade with chinese and russians and you know evolve our civilization on this little stake of the planet rather than be repressed by bill gates vaccines and continue you know having our stuff stolen from us it just it's the out of balance piece and um anyway i don't wanna yeah, we're inter- too far, entering
2: but... interesting times and um, you know the simple fact is that contracts at the end of the day are enforced by who's got the military might to do it and i don't know what that changing face looks like in the coming months to years um i think we're being run by um petty tyrants and dark triad mentally ill psychopaths who are just looking to gorge themselves and maintain their position right now i don't think ai is going to fix it i think they're um they're hostile to the everyday man woman child and you know all i all i can do is try to explain data as it emerges and point at what are very obvious um, traps with respect to how these um, entities are operating. Uh, I, w- I wish there were better, easier answers, but um, there aren't. But then existence never been easy. So.
1: Besides making little dents in the system by creating things like you know, Dr Scott and his Allison V and is there any solutions to fixing the problems without a complete um, collapse of the system thoughts Dr Scott.
0: You know, I pondered on this for a long time. And I honestly don't see. Any other way for us to rebuild? There's been so much damage that's been done. Kevin's talked about it. I've just pondered over this over and over again. I don't see any other way we could fix this problem unless we had a major collapse. I don't see it because it's people are too conditioned to it, and the system is too entrenched. The part about the military, I've got a bunch of family that were in the military. And, um, you know, I, I worked for alphabet organizations directly and indirectly. And I, I feel as if they will. Throw us into a war. I know Gerald Solente always says, you know, everything fails are going to take you to war. I feel that way, too. I feel like we're there right now with the way the dollar is now. We've seen already this push into i Ukraine. I've, we've seen, uh, you know, if we have a shutdown in the coming weeks of our government, people in the Ukraine are still going to be getting paid. We're paying their pensions and salaries. salaries. That's dysfunctional. So um, a collapse, while it would cause casualties, there's gonna be casualties in any way we go, it would cause casualties, okay? But if we could then convince military who have, they're human, they have families like us, we could convince them that there's a better way because they We've seen uh, Teresa Long. I think she's a lieutenant colonel, flight doctor. Seeing people that have myocarditis and myocardial problems from taking the vaccine. Okay, we we know soldiers. You know, you know I, I have to tell you, Kevin, because you know Rixie and all of that. We're you know we've seen soldiers die from this crap and uh, not just But this we haven't go seen around. many
2: come forward and the look it's i don't know it's easy to talk about collapse the the question is is who, whose term is terms is the collapse on and you know i, I know this is an american american centric um podcast but the simple fact is that the united states has been put in a chokehold by neocons um, look to well, it goes bigger than neocons. This is um, you're buying into um, Zionist um, type prophetic eschatology, and these people have you in a chokehold right now. And they're looking to implode you. They're looking that you're watching the system destruction take place. And I wish there was an easy answer to this. All all I I can say is don't get sucked into Zog Wars. Be very careful about thinking that the military is going to be some saviour in the coming months. ain't going to be like that. They will... um, They're essentially privateers at this point. Uh,
1: What's your... what's your thoughts then on them saying that the military the good military is in control you got a whole group of people saying that they're just wanting to play this out that people can't handle direct disclosure things would be too chaotic so they're slowly dripping and none of us really have anything to worry about because there's a, a lot of people that are believing in this narrative that you yeah know, you it's don't think that they're there. stringing
2: you along with that you gotta be some type <laughs> of moron to be believing that—that's lit. That's literally the manufacturer of consent and and literal nudge behavior psychology to the nth degree to make sure that you go silent.